0: in relationship to our desire, our willingness, our openness uh, to worship the Lord. So I'm going to give you a chance to respond to that at the very end. We're all going to do it because I'm never one that's really up on one or two people coming. I always feel like oh, it gets a little too oh, I want to go but I'm not sure. So we're all going to go. So all those that needed to come will be here regardless, and those that didn't need to come, it's still good for you. Okay? I, I kind of like I, I like to go forward about twice a year. It's like my thing. I just like to go for it about twice a year. It doesn't matter if somebody goes with me or not. Uh, And I make a commitment to, to the Lord and make a declaration that I'm really not embarrassed to stand in front of people for him. Obviously, I'm not, but I'm in a different situation than you are. So when I'm not in this situation where I'm the pastor speaking, I like to make sure that I have that opportunity and that commitment that God hears from me. I say, Lord, I'm not embarrassed I'm 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 excited to worship you and to dance before you despite my lousy dancing techniques. Hey, okay? uh because I it's just a way of expressing my love uh, for God and my praise to him for all he's done in my life. Um, and I'm not I'm not a person who uh, if I, after I came to know the Lord was was that kind of person. I didn't express myself. As my parents would say, boy, Lee was a guy over in the corner. I was the um guy. Yep. Mm. What do you want? Mm. What's going on? Mm. How are you doing? Mm. <laughs> so I'm telling you, this is not something I do as a result of my personality. It's something I do as a result of my responsibility, my responsiveness uh, to God himself. So today we're going to talk about worship. This is the first in this series. We're going to talk about loving our God. And we're going to talk about loving our God with all our heart, all our soul, all our mind, and all our strength. I had Chris... He's gonna lead us in the last Sunday. He's gonna talk about that issue of all the strength with all our power, and I expect him to bring it to us on that Sunday in that manner, in that form. So I look forward to that. I'm gonna get excited about it. So we get pumped up. A little bit along that end, even though I know sometimes there's people in the back going, Help him, Jesus, in terms of me. They're going, Help him Jesus. I go, It's not that bad. They're thinking, Help him, Jesus, help him. Sometimes that happens. You're up here giving everything you got and there's just not much there. So if you say help him, the Lord does. It's an amazing thing that begins to take place. Okay, so worship. What's this all about? Jesus said the number one priority in life is we are to love the Lord with all our heart, our soul, our mind, and our strength. Let's throw that up there. Read it with me. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, and all your mind. So you're going, oh, this is interesting. Jesus tells us this is a important priority in our lives, that we are to be responsive to God in such a way that others can recognize our love for Him, and we express it on a regular basis with our hearts, with our souls, with our minds, with our will, if you want to use the term for strength, whatever you like there. You're getting the picture and the idea of this importance, and I often said, okay, Lord, why is this so important? Why is this so important? Is God self-centered? No, that's not what it's about. You see, when we express our love to God, that's called worship. But the reason it's so important is because God puts you on earth not to live a self-centered life. He puts you on earth to be a gift to others. So I want you to get that. All of us are here for somebody else. Okay, you got that? We're not here for ourselves. That's where we get mixed up. We start thinking, I'm here for me. No, you're not. You're here for somebody else. God intended for you to be a gift to somebody else else, and he wants you to make a contribution with your life, the primary way, I want you to hear this, we're going we're to beat on this today, the primary way that you're energized and enabled to do this is a direct result of experiencing true worship. It's a direct result of experiencing true worship, of loving the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and all your strength. Put another way, we find it here in another second, He says, You are worthy, let's do that one, read it with me. You are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they were created, and have their being. Repeat that last one, have their being. Being? What is he talking about? First he says it's for his will. Now, this will means it's, it's the delight aspect of God. He delights in this. You are created by God because God said this is going to be a wonderful thing, delightful thing. You are wonderful. That's why God created. Turn to the person next to you and say, you are wonderful. Now, I'll tell the other person it back to them. Come on. You are wonderful, too. I know. You got to, ah, You are one. Yeah, you're good. Okay. You're good. Wonderful. Yes. God created you. He loves you. He wants you to experience pleasure in life as you live with his provided power. See, our problem is we try to live by our own power, and that gets diluted, and we become dilapidated, useless, depressed, wondering what is going on. I was uh, in Temecula. (laughs) You know, it says something of itself. I was in Temecula. And I, I was going through a time, I was searching things with the Lord and asked God, what's going on? I was doing a sabbatical time and I said, you know, Lord, I'm just, I'm just struggling with some things. What do you want of me? What is it that you desire of me? You know, grab a hold of my heart. I, wa- I want to respond to you. And just then, I'm in a secular place at Starbucks, right? Okay? Drinking coffee and this song comes on the radio. I'm going... Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? And this is the song. Band's gonna come up right now and they're gonna sing it for you, but it goes like this. It says, He's a good, good father. (laughs) Okay, Lord, and he says he says, That's who I am, you know. And I'm loved by you. That's that's who I am. And I I went I always went, what do you mean it's who I am? I understand he's a good father. I get that, and I'm loved by you. It's who I am. And I always thought, what does that mean? I'm always about meanings and songs. Okay, it's just what I do. I said, what is it? It's confusing to me. And as I began to work it through, I began to go, oh, okay. In him we have our being. Your being comes to this other source, and when you connect through worship, you experience the love of God, and you go, oh, It's who I am. His love in me is who I am. It's my being. And I begin to respond and react to others. And I become a gift from Him. John said it this way. He said, all things came into being through Him. And apart from Him, nothing has come into being. And again, he's talking about this power of God resting in you. So that you might experience not doing But being and worship recharges our being. Let's listen to the song and sing along. I've heard a thousand stories of what they think you're like, but I've heard the ten. That was over and above, huh? Hopefully. Because you gained a better understanding of what the song was about, you began to appreciate what the writer was trying to say about God's love for us and giving us being, peace, so unexplainable, you know, love, so incredible. We, we can hardly speak, we can hardly think because this incredible, wonderful, powerful Love of God that permeates us and that enables us then to be a gift to those around us. And that's what happens when we experience this worship. Worship is about our being. Uh, how many of you guys saw the USC, you Now I'm going to football. How many of you saw USC pin game? Okay. Okay. Now, if you're, if you're like USC, you were really happy about that game. But I want you to know something. You weren't happy for the first three quarters because the game was moving along and Penn was spanking USC's watch. I mean, it was a spanking. It was like, oh, uh, it was embarrassing. We're like, okay, okay. This is. Can we just get this over with? Can we just get this over with? And suddenly something happened. It was like a change in the air. On TV, you could feel it. Watching, you're going, something's going on here. And the momentum switched. And suddenly, USC was, couldn't miss it. The, the quarterback couldn't miss a throw. The receivers couldn't, they, they were unable to drop passes. It was like it was impossible for them. Score, score, score. They win? That's what the thought was. Did they just win? It's over and they won? Are you kidding me? What happened? What happened was a change in momentum. It was almost like a God thing. Only in that the momentum thing was so remarkable. Okay, later on, we watched Alabama and Clemson. That's a little farther from home for most of us. Alabama is unbeatable. Clemson is there to give them a good workout. And you're going, okay, it's going to be, you know, they'll keep in it. It's good. You start watching the game, and Alabama's beating up on them. It is. It's like, okay, well, Clemson, these guys, are, they're working hard. Good job, guys. That's what we're thinking. Good job, guys. Keep it up. Good job. And then suddenly, if you're watching it, you can feel it. The momentum begins to change. And even on the face of the Alabama coach, if you look at him, flipped over, he's going, oh, no. Oh, no, because he's experienced this before. And Clemson suddenly becomes a team that they weren't before. Suddenly, there's this incredible team. And they end up winning. After the game, coaches together, they're talking before the TV, and the coach of Clemson says, it's a God thing. It just, it was a God thing. We've been praying with it. It's just, it was weird. It just, everything changed. Momentum. It wasn't about them being better, it was a momentum thing. You experience this periodically, folks. It's like the hand of God choosing to do something that's outside of the norm to remind people. That he's still around. Momentum changes. The wind of God moving everything from losing to winning. He changes our being from losing to winning. Jesus said it this way Again, I tell you, if any two of you, pop it up there, agree about anything you ask for in my name, There am I with them. Folks, when we begin to gather together in this wondrous aspect of worship, and by the way, he's primarily talking at Matthew 18 about conflict. I don't think churches are more conflicted about anything more than worship, which seems weird. But it's true. I like this song. You like that song. I like this prayer. You like that prayer. I'm I'm always amazed at what we do on that end. And Jesus says, when you agree in my name, then I'll be with you. When you agree together in my name, then I'll be with you. It takes two to agree. God does this remarkable thing. What he does is he creates, say it with me, momentum. Momentum. This incredible, how did this happen? It must be, as the Clemson coach said, a God thing. It, 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 it's 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 a God thing. It's about a being that takes place within us. As someone once described the goal of corporate worship as making it easy to find God and difficult to forget Him. Making it easy to find God and difficult to forget Him. You see, even though your worship is personal, it's never private. And when we gather together and we have this. Wondrous corporate worship, and all of us sing the song, and all of us stand up, and all of us get embarrassed before God if we're trying to dance. Well, some of you can actually dance, you know, Cherise and like that. But most of us, you know, we dance like this. It's because we know we can't dance. So that's kind of our dance thing. Your wife says, Dance with me, go. What can I say? There it is. How do we worship God? We show him and others that we love him with all of our heart. Not part of it. If you only partially worship God, as part of my heart. That's all you get back. That's all you get back. If you guys watch me, I know most of you watch me. I stand in the front purposely. Okay, I'm in the front because then I don't have to look at you. I'm here in the front. And I'm. And some of you are going, he's really into it. <laughs> I can't believe he's doing that. It's like, really? He's... he's Look at it. Eric does the same thing. You know, it's is like he's copying me. We're like, ah, what's going on? I'll tell you what's going on. We're going, Lord, I need my being energized. I desperately need my being energized. And I'll be embarrassed before everybody else. No problem. Just energize my being. And that's my cry before God change the momentum in my life. How does it change? Well, it changes with this uh, joyous heartbeat. You see, we draw near to God when we praise Him, when we honor Him, when we recognize who He is. Even this concept of worship, I, I'm just going to give you three different heartbeats in worship. And if you guys learn this, it'll change your lives today. Some of you haven't learned how to worship. And I guarantee you, if you will learn this, it'll change your life. You'll never experience this Coming together in church the same way again. It to change everything. In fact, I'm, I'm almost, I got irritated myself. I said, Lord, I just assumed everybody got this. And then I realized, no, they didn't. They didn't get this. Oh, okay, so I'm going to talk about it. We draw near to God with praise. Here's the one word for praise. Transparency. Say that word with me. Transparency. It means it's all right there. It's all laid out. There it is. It's all I got. This is all I got. My hand's wide open. You can read it. Praise to God is most easily expressed through what we call singing. Okay, music and love tend to go together because music tends to come from the heart. So we always talk about musicians. They're very sensitive, aren't they? Pete's a sensitive guy. He's a sensitive guy. And you're careful around musicians because they're sensitive. Now, someone says, that's because they're right brain or they're left brain. I go... I go, no, it's because they understand, in most cases, worship. And they understand the tenderness and the specialness. And when they get up here, and Pete gets up here, and he leads you in this song, and he goes off on a little thing here, and he starts leading you along, and you're thinking, what's he doing? He's laying his heart out to you. He's just laying it all out. He's going, I'm not going to be embarrassed. I'm just going to, I'm going to follow the Spirit's leading, and this is embarrassing. I know that's what he's thinking. He's thinking, this is embarrassing, Lord. Do I really need to do this? And the Lord's saying to him, yes, you do. And he's going, okay. And so he'll do some more stuff that's not all written down there. And he says, I just want to be a worshiper of God. I want people to see me worshiping him. And I want to encourage him. that's one of the reasons I do the same thing, too, because I want to make sure that he knows I'm right there with him. We're right there, eye to eye, baby, eye to eye. And he knows, right, right, Pete? Where's Pete at? There he is. Right, Pete? Yep. And he tells you that all the time. He says, Pastor, I just so appreciate the fact that I know you're into worship. We all need to be into worship. Through Jesus, therefore, let's look at this. Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that confess his names, a sacrifice of praise. For some of you, that's any singing at all. Some of you, I go go in the back periodically just to stir you up. You guys know that. I go behind you and I start singing and everybody does this. Somebody's singing back here. Okay, I'm going to leave that right there. I'm going to leave that alone. In the last 2,000 years, more songs have been written about and to Jesus than any other subject that exists. Why? Why do we sing all these Love songs. I've written a number of songs to Jesus. I said I was worship guy, and I and I play guitar and do this. And I I write these songs to the Lord. I write all these great songs. I write songs in Scripture. and Write this, and they weren't all that good, you know. That's why you don't get to hear them. They weren't that good, but they were from my heart, and I I love to do this. Thousands, thousands, millions of songs. Why? Because it's not a religion. It's a relationship. I've written songs for my wife. When we got married, I sang a song to her. She came down the aisle. You know, isn't that great? I still remember the song and I sang as so she came down the aisle. And I had on platform shoes. <laughs> okay, I, I'm five eight and and a half. Okay, so and Mary is about five seven, and she had on heels. And I said, it's not happening. She's going to be taller than I am when we go through this. So I had these platform shoes on. The only problem is I was walking down the aisles. I sang to her. And I knew I was going to dump. I said, Lord, please, please help me. Because I'm singing and she comes down the aisle. And, you know, it's called Love Song. a little Special song called Love Song. And it was like, ah, oh, phew. I look back at that and I go, Lee, you dummy. What were you doing that for? She wasn't impressed. But anyway, now you see, songs are written by people who love others. That's the point. So we sing songs to Jesus because we love him with all our heart and our soul and our mind and our strength. And we offer up a sacrifice of praise, declaring him as Lord and Savior. And I sing in front of other people. And some of you don't, and you're missing out. The reason the music is loud, I want to help you understand this, the reason we do the music loud is so we don't have to hear you. So if you don't sing, what's the point? It's loud so I can sing loud every now and then I get caught. Have you guys ever been caught? I'm singing, oh, Lord, you are, you know, it's like, I'm thinking, this is really good, and no, I realize it wasn't the right. Pete stopped right then, and I went, oh, and I tried to act like, no big deal. Sacrifice of praise, baby, sacrifice of (laughs) praise, okay? You see, we need principles for our head. We need music for our heart. This being music inspires us. It rejuvenates us. It refreshes us. It revitalizes us. Music even has a healing element to it. Proverbs seventeen twenty two. Let's read this: A joyful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. I went, huh, a joyful heart, this singing heart, a declaration of joy, excitement about what God is doing. It refreshes us. It brings healing. After a, after a great service of singing, healing takes place inside of you. Tears. I, you see me, I'm always, Lee's crying again. I go, I know. I'm just getting into it. I'm going, I could choose not to cry. I guarantee you, I can st- I can be still cold, no crying. But I'm into it. I'm transparent. I just said, I don't care. You guys get over it. Mike says, I'm changing the lights, bringing her down. All right, good stuff. Joyful heart, good medicine. If you're depressed, you know what you need to do? Sing. Sing at the top of your lungs. Get in your car, roll up the windows, blast it up. The song, get good, good, whatever it takes, blast it up and just sing. And you will find your soul beginning to change. God will give you a bean and you'll go, Oh, my goodness. Some of you are going to say, it works. How many of you already know that it works? Yeah, it works. It works. I learned this early on as a Christian. I was like, oh, my goodness. Didn't know that. No one told me that. Wow. I used to do J.C. Power Outlet. Okay, and that was cassette days. Yeah, that was the name of the group. J.C. Power. Jesus Christ Power Outlet. That's what they were called. They were out of Calvary. You know, and and I was like, yeah, baby. And I'd be singing in the car, you know. And I was always picking up hitchhikers. I'd pull over and pick up this hitchhiker. I'm born. They're like, they can go, Jesus. You'd go, what was that? Jesus, Jesus. I said, oh, yeah, it's a Christian group. Oh, oh, (laughs) you're a Jesus freak. (laughs) Pretty much. (laughs) You go, okay. I need to get off right down here. Oh, no, I'll take you wherever you want to go. Not a problem, but we'll leave the music on. So, anyway, you get that picture joyful heart, music, dancing. Uh, that's it. Love is about this incredible, powerful thing. You dance. You know, you, you get that song, You've Lost That Love and Feeling. You go, oh, yeah. Bum, bump. Bum, bump, bump, bump. It's the heartbeat. It's starting to go away. Bum, bump. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You go, man, and then but you change the other way. You know, I love you with all my heart. It's got these incredible songs, d- declarations. I, I got this great thing. I got this. This is my, this is my wife. <laughs> you guys, get, they're gonna show it up top there for you too. Th- this little shot I got. This is 35 years ago. <laughs> it's 35 years ago. <laughs> this is the guy at Knott's Berry Farm, and he looked at me and he looked at her, and he went. Man, you married up. (laughs) See that, you know, heartbeat going on there and all the stuff there. And she's hitting me with the tennis ball. I'm like, oh boy, life is good. God is good. Thank you so much. And it's this intensity. We draw near with praise, with recognition of what's going on. We see when you're down in your depression, you're struggling. So said the other day, What what about the times when it was in our small group and they said, What about those times where we, we get this hold of God and we've got that love and feeling? You know, we're going, it just feels so good, and then suddenly it's gone. You guys experience that? Yeah. Suddenly it's like it's 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 whoa Lord, what happened? It's gone. What do you do? So they said that in a small group, and I said, Well you have to understand that love is more than just a feeling. That's a pretty common statement, right? <laughs> love is far more than just a feeling. And we need to have ourselves going beyond that and to other levels of understanding and responsiveness to God and recognize His love for us hasn't changed or left us. We're just in an interesting position of, hmm, wonder what I'm going to do now. And so w- I talked a little bit about that. And then Danielle... She shared, and I, and I told her I was going to make her come up here. So, so she shared a little bit, and she was a little more to the point, what I usually do in actuality. She, so she says, she said, uh, stand up, Daniel. You can even stay right there. Turn around, look at them, though. Yeah. So, so she, well, what should you do when you when you find yourself you lost that loving feeling? It's like something's gone. The the sense is gone. What do you do? What did she say to do, Daniel? So, uh, just the scripture came there you go. to my mind because God's word is always the best answer Um, and so the scripture that came to mind was enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise give thanks to him and praise his name and when you give thanks it brings you into his throne room so you're, you're then in his presence and then you get to feel his presence so it kind of gets rid of anything that's clouding clouding the way get it Get it? So what she's saying is what Paul said also in Philippians. Let's read it. What does it say? Let's read that scripture. Come on up. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. I've lost that loving feeling. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. My husband's really irritated at me. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. We begin to reignite our relationship with God and recognize that He didn't leave us. He loves us. He's our Father. And He's going to give us His being at this point in time as long as we are yielded and open and directed by Him. And sometimes the reason I lost the loving feelings is because God said, Lee, you are choosing to walk down a wrong path right now. Turn around. Turn around. And I say, yes, Lord. And guess what happens? That loving feeling starts beating again. Bum, bum. Bum, bum. Bum, bum. I go, oh, my goodness. And sometimes God says, I'm just trying to teach you something, son. And I'm having a hard time getting your attention. Rejoice in the Lord. I think of David. Uh, a story in, in Kings about him singing and dancing, walking down the street, and he's in front of the whole crowds and he's dancing and singing. He's got on shorts and, you know, he's just having a ball. And his wife looks out from the rooftop and looks down and goes, You're making a fool of yourself. And he comes in and she says, I was embarrassed by you. You're out there singing and dancing in your underwear. She's a little overstated. And I was embarrassed. And he says, I am happy to be embarrassed, to look like a fool in order that I might recognize and embrace and joyfully declare God as my Savior and Lord. I'm happy to be seen as a fool if that's what it takes. Whatever it takes, I will sing praise and give honor to Him. Nothing will make you more aware of God's love and his presence in your life than singing and praise. Psalm 66 says, Let the whole world bless our God and sing aloud his praises. His praises. Now, guys, I know some of these songs that are written were obviously written by girls. Beautiful, so beautiful, his face shines. I'm going, seriously? Seriously? Come on. This is not a guy's song. I need strong stuff. I need, I need, stand up, oh men of God. You know, I need some get into it stuff. Not, Jesus, your face, your face. I'm going, I feel really uncomfortable doing that. When I see Chris, I don't look at Chris and say, Chris, your face. Does he give me five? It's good to see you. Give you a big hug. Love you, man. Let's pray together. Let's sing. But I don't go your face. (laughs) See? Uh, Now, I say that to say, guys, there are some songs you don't have to get into too much. It's okay. Not a lot, but some of them. You can kind of back off. I confess. I do, too. I kind of back off a little bit. I go, this just doesn't seem right. I'll say it. I'll sing it lightly, lightly, lightly. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let's give a joyous shout to the rock of our salvation. The rock. I'm going yeah! That's a guy thing. We're declaring the power, the strength, the magnificence of God. We worship. We sacrifice because it's God's agenda, not mine. I love coming here on weekends. Crank up the music. I'm in the front. Make it louder so that people don't have to hear me. The only problem is when it stops and I'm still singing. Lord, I want to worship you. And I never want to underestimate the power of coming together for worship. This momentum changing power when we worship together. We draw near to God with praise, but we give even closer to him with trust. And that's kind of the second heartbeat. We draw close with trust. Now, the word for that one is integrity. If transparency is all about the joy thing, okay, then integrity is about this second word there. Because I don't want myself to be singing too loudly and joyfully when the reality is my life is not turned over to God. There needs to be some integrity in my heartbeat, in my declaration to Him. Key ingredient to marriage is commitment and trust. Commitment and trust. Some of you remember your vows when you got married. How many of you still remember the vows you made when you first got married? Said personal vows. Good. The rest of you, go look them up. Find them. Hey, I remember my vows. I could quote them to you now. I'm not going to, but I could. And I remember them to this day. They were all about commitment and trust forever. Forever. Divorce wasn't an option. The only question is what are we going to do with this issue, this struggle we find ourselves dealing with? We had vows. Then we have songs. We, ha- we have songs in our life. That, that we sing. Whenever a song comes on, uh, our song is, we were, we were married on in, uh, New Year's, so we married in the year. People said, you're a tax accountant? 31st. I said, no, I'm not a tax accountant. Just seemed like a good day because I would never forget it. That's the truth. <laughs> so I wouldn't forget it. So uh, I, we have a song, and it's called New Year's Eve, and whenever it goes on, I have to dance. No, I get to dance. It's one of the few times I don't mind dancing. I hear the song, and I grab her, and we dance. Because that's our song. And she turn to me and look, the song comes out, she look over at me like this. Don't you? Yeah. And I go, oh, jump up, go grab her, and we dance. Whenever we hear the song, no matter where it's at, it doesn't matter. I'm not embarrassed. I love my wife. I'm not embarrassed. I said, it's a, it's a great, it's a declaration of my commitment to her. It, it's about significance, it's about trust, it's about depth of relationship. Teach me your way, O Lord, and I will walk in your truth. Give me an undivided heart that I may fear your name. An undivided heart that I may fear your name. We're focused. We're paying attention. We're undivided. Eyes front. Praise without commitment is flattery. Praise without commitment is flattery. It's empty. It's void of meaning. It's shallow. It's weak. We're to love God with all our heart. There's no room for anything else. Full of love for you. This heart love sustains the feeling. I watched this morning as Merv brings in Jean in the wheelchair. Brings her over there and sits her down there. He's done this forever. She's, she, you know, she's tired, she's talking, but she wants to be in church. And I go, folks, that's love. That's, that's love. It's not just about a feeling, but it's about a commitment with a feeling. It's incredibly strong. It's an undivided heart. It's an undivided... We're happy to take care of our loved one. There are no idols of greed when generosity reigns. There's no idols of greed when generosity reigns. I, well, let me lighten up. Cowboy songs. I love cowboy songs. Treat me bad, still going to love you. Make me sad, still going to love you. When I get mad... Kick my dog, scratch my pickup, step on my hat. Kick my dog. One more time. Okay. You get the idea, okay? That's why I like cowboy songs. (laughs) Double dog. (laughs) Double dog. Like, yeah, that's right. Get two of them. (laughs) That's what cowboys do. They always have two dogs. Okay. You guys just didn't know that, see? You need to get your redneck stuff together. Songs that declare commitment. Songs that say this is about us, not about me. Big band songs. It's one that my wife and I love, save the last dance for me. That's one I always like, you know. It's one of those says, oh, you can dance with somebody else now if you want to, but remember at the end of the night, who you're coming home with. So we get the last dance. You know, I always save the last dance for me. You want to dance? me go ahead. But everybody knows. Who are you going home with? I'm the lucky guy. Go, oh, save the last dance for me. The sense of commitment. Uh, it, it talked about it with, with David when it said God doesn't look on the appearance, but he looks on the heart. Remember that story of David as he's a warrior and he's in there? It says God looks on the heart, not on the appearances, because he was the little youngest guy. He was the one least likely to lead the nation. But God said, well, I understood who he really was because I was able to look into his heart. You know, you know, this is the story. Think, think of it this way. Um, you go to the gym, and here's this guy, and he works out three hours a day. You know, and the trainer looks at him and goes, wow, that guy is a marvelous creation of God. Look at him. He's easy on the eyes. He's very symmetrical. Looking good. And then I walk in the gym and he looks at me and he says, You have potential. We all know what that means. <laughs> don't we? But now, flip it around. It's the guy's mantra is, I look good. Okay? My mantra is, God, help me. And God looks down and he sees the guy who says, I look good. You know what he says? You've got potential. And he looks over at me, and you know what he says? You're looking good. You're looking good. Who do you want praise from? Who do you want to trust in? What do you want to trust in? That's the cry undivided heartbeat. I look at my wife and I see her heart. She looks at me and she sees mine, and that keeps us together. We're going to grow old together. So one of our songs, you know, uh, called "Thinking Out Loud." You know, I'll love you till I'm seventy. And she looked at me and she said, "You got five more years." <laughs> I said, That's not what it means. She said, "I know." Wow. Undivided heart, Denzel Washington voted sexiest man alive a number of times. Been married to his wife for thirty six years. Thirty six years been married. And, you know, it's like she turns to him, you know, people turn to her and say, You know, how do you feel about this? You're a your husband's sexiest man alive. All these women want him. And she you know what she says? Just asked him. Her him says, What what how did your wife handle it? He looks at everybody, he says, I married up. I'm married up. Now, you guys need to turn to your wife right now and say this. I'm married up. Say it. Because it's true. I'm not going to have the women say to the guys that I don't want them lying. Okay? She may think that way, though. You guys did good if you did that. I love the Lord because He Hears me. He answers my prayer because he bends down and he listens. And I will pray as long as I have breath. See, prayer with an undivided heart is not a one-way discussion. It's an opportunity for God to teach us as we trust him in his direction. When you love someone with an undivided heart, you want to spend time with them. You want to spend time with them. You can never spend enough time with them. I can never spend enough time with my wife. It's like, oh, Great, I get to. You know, tonight we're home. It's like, when's David gonna leave? <laughs> go, go, little bird, go, go fly, go out with your girlfriend, whatever you like, but go. You understand what's going on. I love being around my wife with her. It's, it's, our relationship grows as we interact together and we, and we pray together around a fire and we struggle together. And, and she says, why did you do this? What's went on here? And we struggle. Why didn't you tell me this? And what's going on? And we struggle through these conflict areas and we develop an intimacy together. They to get stronger and stronger and stronger. I and go, wow. This is remarkable what God has done and what he's doing in our lives. When we have a wife whom we love that we see as someone we married up on it's this remarkable blessing from God and he calls us to love him in the same way with an undivided heart. Now I'm going to pause for a second here Uh, and that is um, Charlie's over here and Charlie, Charlie yeah and he's got a wife that he loves deeply and he's hurting because she's doing chemo with the cancer thing. She's also our secretary at the the office. And and it's just brutal. It's brutal on this guy. And I know exactly what he's feeling. And I feel so awful for him. So we're going to pray for him right now, right? We're all going to pray for him. Father, thank you. Ah, for granting us love that is so remarkable. As we see your being and those around us, for Jeannie, who loves Charlie so much and he loves her so much, and I know that he thinks, What will I do? Lord, please, please. Don't allow her to go any deeper into pain and hurt, but draw her closer to him, bring healing into her life. Her hair is gone, and it means nothing. Please, Father, hear our cry as we come to you and ask that you will bring healing. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for uh, Charlie's love and Jeannie's love for him. What a wonderful thing it is. Continue now to bless that and give them greater hope. Thank you, Lord, as you work there even now. Amen. All right, now I'm crying. Ah, okay. So, I love the Lord because he hears me, he answers my prayer, he bends down, and he listens. You see, as we said that prayer, God was listening to us. And the reason it's emotional is because I know he's listening to me. I know he's listening to you. And he's going, hey, I got this. I got this. And this being inside me says, this is so wonderful to be loved by God. And I talk to him about my fears and my hopes and my dreams and my anxieties, my ambitions, my fears, my hurts, my cares, everything with an undivided heart. And the last thing he talks is about is having a discerning heart. This discerning heart thinks we draw together with counsel. And the word I give for this heart is it's a humble heart. We come with humility saying, Lord, I need to see, and I'm not sure how to see. And then the Lord speaks to us, and the light comes on, step by step by step. This is what I have for you. Oh, and the light comes on. It clicks. It's like a joke. Okay? Everything kind of comes together. Uh, What was that? I wondered why the baseball kept getting bigger and bigger, and then it hit me. (laughs) See, when you get the joke, you go, (laughs) ha, ha, ha. You get it. The light goes on. Some of you are still going, huh? Yeah. Mary's got a sister. She's a blonde. I will tell a joke, and 10 minutes later, she'll laugh. It is the funniest thing, and she's an English professor. Okay? She's not, she's just, just, just ah, oh. and she'll, ha, 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 ha. I'll go, Joanne, she'll go, I just got it. I don't tell jokes around her anymore. Okay? The light comes on, it's humility, it's this discerning heart. You get it only after you commit to these other principles of love. Once you commit to praise and transparency, once you commit to totally undivided trust, then the discernment light comes on. That heart begins to beat and it ties it all together. That's why Solomon says, Lord, give your servant a discerning heart. It's in First Kings 3, nine. I didn't have that one down, but it was one that the Lord gave me this morning even. A discerning heart. Jesus said, I'm the good shepherd. I know my sheep. They know me and they listen to my voice. See, discerning heart hears the voice of God. You're able to discern it from all the other voices. He gives us insight and confirmation and direction. As we read the word of God, he speaks to us through it. As we find ourselves in difficult experiences, he speaks to us through them. As we find ourselves in trials, he speaks to us through them. As we're gathered around a group of friends who give us direction because we lose our way. Without good direction, people lose their way. But the more wise counsel you follow, the better your chances. This wise counsel, do you have a trusted circle, a small group, that you meet with, that can help you understand things. Sometimes I just need a little bit of side of the head. Oh, I didn't get it. Now I get it. I feel like Joanne. It's a joke I didn't get. Suddenly I get it. That's what God was trying to say. That's what he was trying to move me towards. And because my friends around me, I go, oh, the light comes on. Sometimes it's special songs. I'm listening to music. If you don't listen to Christian music, you're missing out. Because these guys have gone through difficult times, and they write these songs, and you're sitting there, and you suddenly go, whoa. It's exactly what I needed to hear. It's exactly what God is trying to say to me. I listen to lots of praise music and serious music and trial music. I go, oh, Lord, speak to me. I was in Nigeria. It was Blessings by Laura Story talking about how our trials and our difficulties are actually the blessings from God rather than all the good stuff that comes our way. Because it causes us to look to Him and begin to see reality instead of the fantasy that we choose to live in on a regular basis. We hear God's voice as Chris Tomlin sings, as Matthew West sings, as Laura Story sings. And suddenly this voice is so clear It's the voice of a shepherd speaking to us. And if you don't hear that voice, if you haven't gotten an impression from him in some way or whatever, if you're not hearing God's voice, then you need to make a commitment to Christ today. Because you don't have a relationship with him. You're missing out. And ow, that's tough. To live life without that relationship is incredibly difficult. So I encourage you today, this day, as we finish up our time together, make that commitment. I'm going to have the band come up now as we kind of close our time together. I often talk about the ABCs, and that's, we come to this place where we say, hey, we need to admit the simple fact that we desperately need God because there's sin in our life. There's some things we've done that were wrong, and there's some things we didn't do that we should have. And we go, Lord, I need your help in my life. I need someone who can cleanse me from this sin and not allow me to wallow in guilt and question. And when we believe that Jesus is the one who is the sin eater, he's the one who takes our sin and takes it into himself, and he says, okay, I got this. No more guilt. It's done. Let's move forward. And we choose him as Lord and Savior and he gets to give us direction in terms of life. So we pray out and say, Lord Jesus, please forgive me for my sin. Come into my life. Show me who you are. Change me. Come and make me be. I desperately need to be. I want to experience that momentum that only you can provide. All right? So, what we're going to do now as we listen to this song about worship, we're going to all stand up. Everybody stand up. Everybody stand up. And as we sing this song about worship, I want to kind of come to the front. And you can stand here for a minute and then go back to your seat or whatever. You might want to kneel down for a second, but everybody's going to make some movement. So we move forward to the front area and we begin to sing.